0: how you going thanks for being on the pody Tail show
1: yeah thank you
0: so we're coming back on because you want to talk about um victory over japan day which just came by just this past weekend you're telling me all about it um yeah yeah tell us about victory over japan day
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know about it, I think. I mean, I say a lot of people. I mean, obviously, there's a lot do and there's a lot don't. Actually, the the, the World War actually carried on for an extra year uh, in the Far East. And in fact, the the Japanese were, were also fighting the Chinese. So you had a situation where the World War really started in 1937, with the Japanese still fighting the Chinese and it went on to 1946 so it was you know it was a longer war and uh, and my father was involved in this in this in this world war from being a very young man and uh, I've got his um, handbook here with a fantastic picture of him probably about 19 uh, probably about 1943 or 42 because he had to go to india first so oh, he was right. actually based in India, went on a really giant ship, and, um, and on Did that giant Did he happen
0: to be based in Ceylon? Two. Was Sorry? it Was it Ceylon that he was based um, in India? I'm not
1: sure, mm. I know that he was, um, I've got some places where he was, so I'll be able to tell you those names, yeah. and then maybe we can check them out later. But um, I reckon my dad was about 22 or 23 in 1942. He'd gone off to India, to, obviously all the troops went to India to be actually trained and know how to work in the jungle. Because mm-hmm. the, the, um, the Burma jungles were horrendous. Yeah. And, um, and many people would die of malaria, dysentery. I mean, terrible conditions. Yeah. Um, so, my dad had a really rough time, and to be honest, my dad died when he was 60. So, um, he didn't really survive, he just survived only till 1980, you know, after coming home in 1946. So, but he was, he was pretty well unwell all the time I knew him through the 50s, 60s and 70s. He used to go yellow, so the malarials uh, used to come back yeah. to him. So, this is a picture of my dad. Um, oh, uh, wow. wearing wearing a bush hat smoking a pipe and, and I would think this is a 42 or 43 picture can you see it all right
0: yes it, I can see it great it's for folks who are listening we've got this really dashing young man smoking a pipe in the photo it looks like a Quite an old photo, and he's wearing a what do you call that hat that he's wearing? Um, well, a bush it's like hat. A bush it looks hats. like a bush hat, to this me. This is
1: jungle hat, really. Yeah. That's the British wore that. Yeah, uh, and,
0: and this is like from a diary that you've is that your dad's diary, or is that something put? This is you my dad's
1: diary. Now, what I don't understand because you see, my father didn't tell me very much, right. okay, so he came out in 1946. And and I don't remember this book appearing until probably um, the 1970s. So this was pushed away somewhere. Mm. So uh, my mother used to tell me that when he came out in 1946, he was like six foot two, about seven and a half stone, super skinny.
0: That's really skinny.
1: Apparently he'd been in a prisoner of war camp. That's why I wanted to go with you railway so my uncle Pete told me that he also went to a prisoner of war camp but even my mother didn't know that and I didn't know neither did my brother
0: he might not have wanted to talk about it that was called the death railway by the way
1: that's right you've been there haven't you
0: yeah I've been there and I
1: was actually a bit shocked when you told me that you live only 200 miles away from the uh, from the from, the, uh, from live, the railway,
0: I live. Yeah, I, I well. The so for those who don't know, the the Death Railway went from Rangoon, which is um the, yes. now called Yangon, which is the, old, which is the capital city yeah. of um Myanmar, all the way to Bangkok, yeah. which was called old, which was back in the day Siam. And um, right. so, so from my house, it, if you drive two hours northwest, you get to um, a place called Kanjanapuri, which is um, where they filmed the the bridge over River Kwai. and that River Quay. <laughs> Yeah, and that River Kwai is basically a big section um, that crosses the the Death Railway crosses the river and that's where they yeah, yeah they filmed that really famous yeah. film. Yeah. And well and I've seen
1: I, that film many times. Yeah.
0: So you're yeah, I'll take you there and, and at that Fantastic. at that place there's a memorial um, where They've got a big uh, memorial graveyard where about six thousand or so prisoners of war are actually buried there, and they've really? got an actual museum, um, all about this the death railway. Um, you know where you know most of the prisoners of war were were forced to work on the railway. Um, yes. Yeah, and quite, you know which was actually, I think, against the Geneva Convention back then. You weren't supposed to force labor upon your prisoners of war. Um, But, yeah, that's how that huge railway was built. Um, So it's quite, quite, like, incredible. And if you keep driving um, further north, um, you reach a national park, and then that's the border between Thailand and Myanmar. So that's where... Yeah, that's actually where I shot my spring 20, uh, spring 21 campaign that I showed you yeah. some photos of. We trekked up there and it was pissing down was, with rain.
1: Yeah, I mean, I noticed that you'd taken some pictures in Nepal as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that to- was amazing.
1: And, and you notice, guys, that I've got this badge that Polytail bought me, which has come from Nepal. So the Gurkha how bed. far is the pal from, from where you live then?
0: Um, that one we flew, it was about a three or four hour flight, yeah. not far. And you went
1: with the, the owner of Vizvim, didn't you? And I Eric. went
0: with I went with the owner of Capital, Kiro, yeah. and his team, Sorry, and Eric Kovatek, my buddy. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Like, that's another place we'll have to go. To, I'll yeah. have to take you to see like yeah.
1: I want to go there particularly but I, obviously I, I've got this thing in my mind because you and I were going to go last year when I was yeah. 17 or 13 yeah and we never got to go did we
0: we're definitely going to make the effort now after all this yeah, craziness so tell me yeah. like um you I know you've been really you know quite Passionate about your dad's time in Burma, and it's influenced yes. a lot of your pieces as well, like yes. the Bombay Bloomers and stuff. Yeah,
1: you yeah. actually
0: put together some a book about it, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did. I mean, I mean, my father. You see, the funny thing about my dad was, and and the situation was in the 1950s after the war. Um, a lot of British people, just as the Japanese did they wore their Second World War clothes. The Japanese in particular were extremely poor mm. and, they, and they would wear all of their clothes after the war and that's why there's not a lot of Japanese vintage out there. But the British, my father used to wear it for gardening and he always used to wear Bombay bloomers and a proper military shirt. So, in a way, I was indoctrinated with my dad you know, we had two burnets and two burnets uh, with a piece of string along for potatoes, and he used to be in his bombay boomers with a bush shirt. And he looked like something out of a town like Alice, you know? Yeah. So, so this is the little book that I did on India and Burma. Mm. And, and I did this little book based on him in um, 2010, uh, which is 10 years ago and he's on this book here now. He's the tallest, obviously, six foot two, with all the Indian forces. He absolutely loved India, and he wanted to go back to India, but he died on his 60th birthday Mm. or 60th week, and he retired that week as well. And he he worked in the post office, and they gave him a watch, and that was his lot. And, um, but um, this is him. Second in, wearing the Bombay bloomers and bush right. shirt.
0: For folks who are listening, we're looking at a black and white photo. It looks like um, it's in India and every, there's men lined up. They're all wearing Bombay bloomers. They're all in their military gear. And it looks like, yeah, quite tropical weather. And that's him with yeah. his bush hat. And that's his, him with a
1: bush hat. Yeah. Um, he was very tall. And he was a great dad, very affectionate dad. He was an amazing father and uh, he taught me how to play ping pong. So I suppose everyone can see my world-class ping pong table. And well, I learned this from him. About 1955, I started playing ping pong on the kitchen table. Uh. I got my own table, still playing from when I was a child, and doing a collaboration with, uh, with Fred Perry. Uh, and Fred Perry uh, and Butterfly sponsored me and Butterfly actually made my own black table with my own uh, Butterfly and Nigel shook one graphics. Right. So, so it's a piece. So and we we're play looking- lots of here.
0: Yeah, we're looking at Nigel, so I'm just describing for people listening, we're looking at Nigel's studio, it's full of vintage all around the edges of the studio, but in the middle we've got a huge ping pong table that he just described, you know, was um, made with the Fred Perry team and um, they are, you guys play ping pong all the time at work, don't you? It's such a like, good vibe. (laughs)
1: We've had a bit of a lapse, obviously we're locked down, you know, we've had this, yeah. we've been out of the office for four months, so so at one stage we were playing every day, um, but we've got so busy the last, I think, last 12 months before that the ping pong became a bit less important because we had so much, so much on, Um
0: Well, you guys, you were doing, you were doing so, well, you still are doing so many collaborations on top of all the collections you're putting out. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. We were doing, up until recently, we were doing six collaborations. So, um, yeah, and we're doing one with Vans, which I'm really over the moon about. So we launched Vans in uh, winter 21. We've been doing one with Closed, German company. We do Timex. We're doing Hagloffs, which is a ski company, and we're just about to start uh, with Umbro, which is a football brand, and I know that's personally a very good one for Kyle, my right-hand man. We both love soccer, so Umbro would be a great um, collaboration for us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I know you guys love watching football. Yeah. like. So, um, are you allowed to tell us a little bit about what the Vans collaboration is going to be like?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Vans is going to come out for Winter Twenty One. Um, it's going to be eight sneakers. Um, we're actually doing uh, twelve pieces of clothing as well. So it's going to be for Vans Vaults, and it's going to be clothing and sneakers. Um, I've got my own my own sneaker. I found a vintage sneaker. Uh, in Japan, on my last trip, or trip before last, and Vans have made that the, my own K-born Vans sneaker, um, and it's it's really based on the United States Marine Corps. It's got a very um, very much a, a military feel. It's about the soldiers in World War Two that customised their clothing because all soldiers often used to, you know, put special yeah. little things on the clothes or they've got it ripped and they have to get it done at a local tailor's, get it stitched up. So we've copied that onto the shoes and we've ended up with like custom-made uh, Vans. So wow. it's looked really interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to launching that. Yeah. I went out to Vans uh, last December, um, not which isn't so long ago, six months ago. Went, yeah. to, their big, went to their offices and they were great. Uh, Wait, we're going
0: was
1: to do, that when you went to LA? Was that over yes. there? Yeah, when I went with Emily to LA, yeah. I, I went to LA really to sign that deal. Uh, so it's really exciting. So we're making it unisex. So it's men's and women's. And we're going to start from a size three and a half, probably up to about a size 13. So yeah, it should be great. Yeah. Um, so that's a new one. And then the Umbro is just coming up again for Winter 21. That's going to be based on the World Cup um, of Rugby for and we're going to do it in Winter 21. We're going to use the roots of rugby. Um, so that's quite exciting. We've got some interesting pictures where we think that Umbro were involved in making the rugby shirts in 1948 Olympics and we think that um, they were making the rugby shirts for the R.E.F because the RAF were competing, we think, in the Olympics and I've got a full track suit here with an REF badge on the track suit and it's got a rugby ball on the REF badge, which looks great and that's maybe the theme we're going to use for Winter 21.
0: That sounds so fun. Yeah,
1: that's I think gonna, so. Yeah,
0: that's going to be awesome and like probably really colourful.
1: Yes, yeah. And and, and basically, um, I've always loved rugby stuff. I mean, I've got roots in um, working with Bukta. And Bukta, um I used Bukta as, a, as an old manufacturer who started making rugby shirts and rugby shorts. It may well be that Bukta is older um, than Umbro, I'm not sure. But I actually went to the Bukta factory about 40 Forty-two years ago, and saw it all be made. You see these wooden floors that I've got yeah. here. Well, I saw it, uh, forty-two years ago with machines that went um, where the fabric was made circular, and it was all all wired up to the ceiling with all the threads. And they were all the machine was was actually bolted onto the floor, and all the all the rugby fabric was coming all off circular like this. I always remember it, you know.
0: Yeah, those beautiful old circular knitting machines yeah. are hard to come by nowadays.
1: Oh, now really impossible, yeah. yeah. Very few people have them.
0: That Just that place that you, sh- you put me onto the Toki Sen guys yeah, in Wakayama. Yeah, they, they make beautiful circular knits.
1: Yeah, I think they're number one in the whole world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I go to Japan, as you know, four times a year. I look at Toki Sen jersey four times a year, uh, I mean very inspiring and all of, the, all of the sweat that we make in Japan, we use Toki Sen fabric. Mm. We don't use it in Europe, it's too, in, so expensive. too expensive to import but all of our mainline um, jersey package is using all their fabrics. They're so creative. They are the best.
0: Yeah, they really are. Can you show me some vintage pieces that you're you really excited about in, in the studio? You're talking about Bombay, your your dad's Bombay bloomers it working in the garden. Do you have a pair to show us?
1: Uh, you know, I should have brought my own, <laughs> the snow ones, because I've got a really long one. Um, I'm going to have to ask Kyle a minute. Uh, Kyle, yes. you, do you remember... I've got one particular Bombay bloomer that's incredibly long. It's like, it's about... I mean pulling all that this out? I there? think, uh, well, I, I think they might be hanging, aren't they? Bombay yeah, bloomers. Um, I'll come back to a Bombay bloomer. All right. Um, I particularly want to just show you a Bombay bloomer, but, um... I mean, the thing is, you can cut this film at present, can't you?
0: Sure. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I'll show you the pieces. Okay. So, this book is 2010. Okay. okay. There's the original picture of my dad.
0: Just hold okay. it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay.
1: This is the actual cover to the book. So,
0: okay. that's a, the book, had, the cover is a map of um, India and Burma. And
1: India. And can you believe it? Um, I used to have a fantastic young Chinese student working. I used to meet Beth now. Uh, she was a young person who could draw very well, and that was why I brought her in. And she drew this all by hand. Wow! You see, Beth, that was what a student did. She did it all by hand. Um, Beautiful. So, and it was done. It's called Burma by Nigel like, Gay, okay, what's called? India, Burma and Salon. Now, you said, where is Salon, did you say again? Salon in is actually, it, Ceylon Salon is another country now, isn't it? Um, I think it's
0: in it India. Still,
1: is Salon still called Salon? No, I
0: don't think so. Let me look it up
1: so yeah. we
0: can know.
1: I don't think it is. It's changed its name. Um, Ceylon's not Bangkok, is it?
0: Sorry, it's Sri Lanka. It's British Sri Lanka. British Sri Lanka. Ceylon is Sri present Lanka. day Sri Lanka.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. So you can see what she did. So she was only a kid. Um she was really nice. Um and she worked for me for about a year. Okay?
0: you that's the the great thing like i want to explain to people a bit about how you are like you're traveling all the time and you're meeting people and also the people involved in the business are so important because they all you know have special like talents and and they can they all have different things that they can bring like this like you know the girl who drew that beautiful map and um yeah and like you know Kyle, who's been with you for ages, he's you well, know. Kyle's been
1: with me thirteen years, I think.
0: Yeah, cracky. Kyle, <laughs> getting on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know like what our old Kyle is now. Lost <laughs> tra- old our you, Kyle. <laughs> thirty, he's only thirty-three. <laughs> he's only thirty-three. <laughs> he's a baby. Okay, you're only thirty. You're thirty-one in October, aren't you? Yep, thirty-one. Yeah. For a yep. real old hand. So she yeah. was called Coco Chen. Okay, she was a young student, about the same age as Beth. About tw- are you twenty, Beth? Yeah. Yeah. Same age as Beth, twenty, and uh, she drew beautifully. So this is one of her drawings. She drew my father in 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 the bush.
0: Right. So this is book. in inside the book. We've got an illustration in kind of cyanotype of. Um, it looks like a scene, a landscape with soldiers in the landscape. Yes,
1: it is. It's sort of, is. A, there's a vehicle behind it. And I'm not sure if it's in India or Burma. I would suspect that my dad was training at this stage in India. Okay?
0: Right. It, it's um, beautiful. I like how it's all on grid paper. Yeah. It looks like a real
1: notebook. She was great, actually. And this book... Uh, has um, all her drawings so um, this is the big picture of my dad so my, my dad is second in here so this is a big picture oh that's now, great now this is where my dad's wearing the uh, military shirt bombay bloomers okay
0: great yeah it's so that's a big spread of the same photo yeah. from before that's right that's um, right niger's dad standing with are they gurkha gurkha soldiers
1: i think, think we... they are gurkhas my father used to oh bloody hell i've got such a great pair to show you in a oh, minute nice. I'm about this one <laughs> fucking hell that shirt i'm gonna be wearing that tonight True is i've got nowhere to go on my lockdown <laughs> <laughs> So so the thing so is. they, they would uh, have
0: been those bush shirts, they would have been air techs. I know that because I've been doing a bit yeah, of research yeah. on air techs right yeah, now.
1: Kyle's brought the three main pieces. Good find Kyle. Great.
0: Great. Great. So, Thanks, basically, Kyle. so basically
1: So <laughs> basically these are Gurkhas, some of them, and chindits. Okay, yes. so it's two tribes. So,
0: Chindits, I found out, because today I did a bit of research, a bit of homework. So, the Chindits were the British, the Gurkhas, um, trained forces who were in Burma, specifically in Burma, between 1943 and 1944. And the word Chindits... The the word Chindit came from, in Burma, in front of everybody's house, they have two little lions sitting on the doorstep, and that was a Chindit. So they they got the name from that. Yeah. Little guardian. wouldn't expect
1: anything else from you, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, my father used to talk a lot about the Gurkhas and the Chindits, okay? And the Gurkhas, of course, have the knife, of which you very kindly... Bought me the oh no I haven't got the hat on sorry got the wrong hat on. Um, but the Gurkha badge I got a you was like Gurkha badge with the knife on yeah. Yeah
0: two so crossing these, knives. These,
1: yeah now I'm not a hundred percent sure but I suspect that they are Gurkhas and Chindits okay. But mm. well, I can't picture. ask my dad so. Yeah i don't know it's a lovely picture i love this picture okay
0: it's a beautiful picture
1: and that was taken on his box brownie camera about 1944 or 43. he used to have a box camera brownie i've actually got it okay so i could i can show you his box brownie camera do you want me to go and get it
0: yeah
1: i'll go and get it take me two seconds um yeah.
0: Sorry for making all the noise, guys. <laughs> Sorry, ponytail. <laughs> Got a live audience, you guys.
1: <laughs> no, we'll <more listening. laughs> it. <laughs> okay, so... So this is my dad's um, box brownie. Okay, here's the cover. Okay, so and
0: we're looking and at a, a leather camera. brown cover. It looks really worn, and, and a box, yeah. an old box brownie um, viewfinder camera. That you know they're they're big. For I know some people don't even know what a box brownie was, but um, they're like you know ten centimeter by what, 10 centimetre kind of boxes, black, black boxes, and you used to look down into them to take a yeah. photo.
1: Yeah, to be honest, my father, when, when we used to go on holiday in the 50s, he used to have this with him all the time. So I sort of remember this. I mean, what's lovely is I'm actually holding his camera now. That's and, so nice. Uh, oh, that's fucking good, you know. Yeah. She hold the camera that my dad did and I, I, was, I don't know how my father got away with this, because um, in, you, you wouldn't have been allowed to carry a camera around with you taking photographs in the war. So yeah. I don't know how he did it. And it may well be that this camera isn't the camera. I don't know. This might be the camera that you used after the war. Right. What she took of us as kids in the fifties, okay? Okay. But um, but so so if anybody picks up on me, there's a good chance that this wasn't the camera, but it's the camera they took all the pictures in the nineteen fifties. That's okay? the thing
0: nowadays. People are gonna people pull you people up on everything.
1: Hand, you rascals. Know? So hey, here I am. Okay. <laughs> This so, maybe... anyway, I've, I've got the Bombay Bloomer now. Now, I can't believe these. When you see these, you'll die. Look at the length foot... of these. Oh, Look at them. Now, My dad was very tall, six foot two, okay? So, you get some proportion of this on me, okay? And I wear these all the time. If anybody checks my Instagram, they'll see that I'm wearing these Bombay bloomers are very long, but these are even these longer. These are
0: super long. Look so the these front. are these are a khaki color Bombay bloomers. They're shorts, that, but this pair is super huge. They go super right long. down below your yeah. knees, Nigel. And they've yeah. got a double buckle.
1: It's hard to tell whether long shortens or short longens. Okay. I can't make my mind up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I reckon they're long shortens. I think they're long shortens. I think they'd be the long and shortened. That's what I think. So, and it's got the uh, buckles on, and it's got the bandage pocket. My oh. staff my staff think this is for a mobile phone, but I keep remembering <laughs> them mobile phone wasn't invented. It's for bandages. So if you got oh, a the leg, that was for your bandage, because a lot of people don't realise what that pocket's for. Okay? Okay. And I these because they've still got blood on them. Well, I don't oh, love them because of the blood, but I love them because they're authentic. Look at them. Still got blood on, never being bloody washed. Wow. Can you see it?
0: Yeah, I see that. So there's a spot yeah. of blood on the back of the... the
1: yeah, and on the front.
0: ...bloomers. And on the yeah. front. Oh, yeah, all through you. Yeah. Where do you find it's those, Nige?
1: Um. Well... Not sure, because I've got about 20 pairs of Bombay bloomers, but this is the longest, and it's a really good detail. It's got, you know, it's got the fine double, you know, the double here. Uh, and a little bit of history about the Bombay bloomer. Um, uh, Lord Montgomery wore a Bombay bloomer. He wore it in the desert, uh, it, you know, fighting the African Corps in World War II. So Lord Montgomery always wore them. And also, um, you know, they were worn all through India and Africa by the soldiers. It, and it's such a famous, famous yeah. piece. Kit. And you very kindly gave me, when I came to see you in Paris, you remember you gave me an I gave Army you... Green Bombay groomer. It was actually Australian, Australian. World War Two, And yeah. I wear them all the time. Love them. Oh, cool. It's got the little each pocket on the back here which is great for my mobile phone those are a size 42 waist you gave me that and I, and I pull them in and they're so baggy i love nice. them
0: yeah i loved so, how big so, they were
1: i am surprised you gave those to me were they too big for you
0: oh well, definitely too big for me but i got yeah. another pair well, i got another you, pair of the, the, the same, same kind thing? I got another pair that fit me, so I thought I'd give you the the ones that fit you.
1: Thank you much. I appreciate that. Thank you much. Did you you get them in Australia, did you?
0: Yeah. It's really hard to, it's actually really hard to find Australian military gear, because apparently someone told me that, like, people keep it in the family and, like, you're not actually allowed to, to sell, like, dead stock Australian military stuff. But yeah. there are a couple of dealers in Sydney that I've seen. They they sell, like, you know, 70s kind of Vietnam era. Um, but it's really hard to find, like, World War
1: Two yeah. stuff. I remember mean, you telling me that. When I was in Australia last year with Emily, we went to try and find... Um, quite a lot of vintage. We, we struggled to find any vintage stores at all. I was quite shocked. Yeah. And uh, it came across, people told me that they it wasn't readily available. People, you know, didn't sell it because yeah. even the government don't like you doing it.
0: Yeah. So the,
1: the Australian government are against it. And Emily and I went to the Canberra War Museum. Do you remember yeah. I told you? Yeah, we the Australian
0: War to- Memorial.
1: Yeah, the War Memorial Museum. And Emily and I went a whole day. We flew from Melbourne, especially up early in the morning. And we. War Museum I've ever been to in mm. the world. And if anybody wants to go to a war museum, that is the best of the lot.
0: Yeah, it, their, their archives are incredible. That, that war have museum. Have you been to it? Yeah, I have. And. Um, oh. Yeah, I've been. I've looked through their archives. Everything's perfectly like see? archived, and they they have a huge database of things you can look up. Yeah. What you want to find, you know, that shealing vest, the sheepskin vest that I did yes, yeah, with I the ties on yeah. front. Yeah, one I. We,
1: they you make from Scotland.
0: Yeah, that's one that I I saw the original piece made by the Australian Women's Association for the World War Two um, oh, soldiers. Do you from yeah. the Australian War Memorial Archives. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Sh- when did you go? Did you go? Oh. I didn't know you'd been to it, actually.
0: Well, I've been to it since I was, you know, I grew up in Australia. So i have I've, I've been there since I was a young person. But I went there, like, probably four years ago on another trip. Yeah. Really awesome. And you're such an
1: inspiration for your own woman's brand?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: Really?
0: depends on what that so now this for spring 21 i'm doing um the concept on borneo so they the the british were fighting in borneo actually so a lot of my pieces are like australian bush shirts um bush hats a lot of air techs looking into air techs Yeah. yeah it's pretty fun
1: it's amazing how you and i work from exactly the same concept i mean you and i have spent a lot of quality time together yeah. travel around the world together i mean we spent 17 days once in japan together didn't we yeah and uh, started started at six in the morning training with the medicine balls and i was everything. so
0: exhausted
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I. so am. and uh, <laughs> went from that to to visiting all the best vintage stores didn't we and yeah. it, and we first met you and i in uh, in london you came to interview me at the army gym store in yeah. london about about six years ago
0: and yeah. um, we've
1: been best of buddies since haven't we
0: yeah There's, we've done so much stuff together but um yeah. yeah like we'll we'll do more i'm looking forward to our trip to to burma to the river yeah. Kwai.
1: Um, fantastic
0: I'm gonna spend my spare time now, like just looking at, I'll be the the tour guide. I'll I'll put together fantastic. the best and, and, er, itinerary. And
1: Eric will come as well, won't yeah, he? Yeah,
0: for sure, Eric's, he said he was down since last year, so yeah.
1: You should tell people about Eric because he's, yeah. A, he, he's fantastic.
0: Yeah, Eric's probably one of my favorite photographers in the world. So I've been looking at his work since I was in university and he shoots all the capital lookbooks. He's been on this podcast a couple of times already. So people can listen to his um, podcast, but yeah, like he what's special about Eric is his perspective. He has a very clear point of view and he, he knows exactly what he wants to show. He like you like people with with their own business like or people who who are just really carved out a niche for themselves is because they have a really unique perspective. They don't look at other people's stuff and try to copy other people's stuff or whatever. Yeah. He just knows exactly what he wants to do, so, yeah. yeah. And you
1: travelled you traveled to to Everest with him to do the photographs for Capital, didn't yeah,
0: you? Yeah, yeah. And um, we went last... This year, We our trip was... We went to the Golden Triangle which is the, the border of Laos, Burma, and Thailand. We shot, we shot our lookbook there with Eric in the Golden Triangle. That's for Winter 20, so all the photos are going to come out soon. Well, Fantastic. thanks, Nigel. This is a great conversation. Thanks for sharing all about VJ Day, about Burma, about the, Gurkha, the Gurkhas and the Bombay bloomers and everything. It was really fun
1: okay thanks,
0: thanks to kyle for pulling out all the pieces
1: <laughs> okay well just before you go i'm going to show you i'll show you the the um this jacket as well okay oh, beautiful. so this is like again uh i i reproduced something like this in 2010 okay
0: so what we're looking and at is a, looks like a Gurkha jacket. What, what exactly are we looking well, this at?
1: Well, it's a bush jacket, officer's bush jacket. It's a sergeant. It's uh, beautifully made. I love this piece. I mean, it's probably worth a lot of money. This. I've probably paid, I don't know, a thousand euros for this. It's in really good condition. Mm. And it's also, I've got the bush shirt like what my father always wore. Yeah, this is your bush shirt. I was in khaki, British khaki.
0: So that's a khaki shirt, button-down shirt with two work pockets on the front. Yeah. With a kind of hexagonal. What do you call like the edges are kind of not quite square and it's really big size too.
1: This would be great on you. You'd turn that into a dress.
0: Yeah, that that would be fun. And really like point pointy collar. All right. See ya! Wouldn't want to be ya. ya.
1: So want to be bye. ya. See ya! Bye bye. Take care.